I, I threatened to do my, my sermon from in there where the cupcakes are. I, I mean, I have a remote mic, right? I can go anywhere I want. We're going to continue our study of Ecclesiastes this morning, if you want to turn there. Ecclesiastes 2 is where we're at. You're familiar with Google, right? You know what Google is? Have you ever Googled something and just to see what the answer is? Since, since Ecclesiastes is really about the meaning of life, I thought I would Google what's the meaning of life. I got hundred over 148 million responses to the question, what's the meaning of life? Now, full disclosure, I didn't read all of them. And I'm not going to read you all of them either. But I did pick out some that I thought were interesting. So just, just uh, go with me here. Plato said that the meaning of life is attaining the highest form of knowledge. That's, that's all life is about, is attaining the highest form of knowledge. Aristotle said the meaning of life is the goal of good. Once you've achieved good, you've achieved the meaning of life. Cynic philosophy said the meaning of life is is living a life of virtue and harmony with nature. Kind of sounds familiar with New Agers today. Hedonism, we talked about last week. Hedonism is really about uh, avoiding pain and, and seeking pleasure. And so that's what hedonism says the meaning of life is, is finding pleasure. The Stoics say the meaning of life is the avoidance of pain through proper judgment. You make the right decisions and avoid pain. Nihilism says the meaning of life is the search for the meaning of life. That one confuses me a little. There's no value in truth or, or knowledge or anything else. The search is the meaning. That's what nihilism says. Pragmatism says the meaning of life is what has been experienced. So if you haven't experienced it, it has no meaning at all to you. Existentialism says the meaning of life is the experience. So, whatever you're experiencing right now, that's the meaning of life. It is the experience. Humanism. Now, humanism is really interesting because they don't have a great grasp on what the meaning of life is. One of the, in, in one place, it says that it's reaching your full potential as a human so that you can decide the meaning of life. So it's reaching full potential, then deciding the meaning. And then in another place it says, actually reaching the full potential is the meaning of life. So humanism doesn't have a great grasp on what the meaning of life is. Buddhism and New Age and Hinduism, it's, the meaning of life is, is uh, doing good enough that you become a higher form when you're reincarnated. Doing good enough now so that when you come back, you can come back as a higher form. That's the meaning of life. And so you can see that these are vastly different and that all of them are empty <laughs> because all of them only deal with this part of life, right? I mean, the, uh, the meaning of life being what you're experiencing now, please tell me it's more than that. <laughs> please tell me that there's more to life than, than what these guys say. Well, what does Solomon say the meaning of life is? We keep reading it. It's our, our memory verse. The end of the matter, when all has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. That's what 
Solomon said the meaning of life is. Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus says he is the method of life, the message of life, and the meaning of life. Paul says to live is Christ and to die is gain. And we're going to look at that one a little more closely as we continue. So we're going to, we're going to rejoin Solomon on his search for the meaning of life in, uh, in Ecclesiastes 2, starting in verse 12, and it is up here behind me. So I turn to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what, for what can the man do who comes after the king? Only what has been done. Then I saw that there was no more gain in wisdom than in folly, and there's no more gain in light than in darkness, or there is more gain in light than in darkness. The wise person has, the, has his eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness, and yet I perceive that the same event happens to all of them. Then I said in my heart, what happens to the fool will happen to me also. Why then have I been so wise? And I said in my heart, that this is also vanity. For the wise, for of the wise, as of the fool, there is no enduring rem remembrance, seeing that in the days to come all will have been long forgotten. How the wise dies just like the fool. So I hated life, because what is done under the sun was grievous to me, for all is vanity and striving after the wind. So, so Solomon turns to the certainty of death to, to find the meaning of life. That's his backdrop for the meaning of life. And, and so he says, since we all face death, death is literally the great equalizer. The wise and the fool both face death. What's the point of life? And, and in verse 13 and 14, he says, there is more gain in wisdom than in folly, as there's more gain in light than in darkness. The wise person has his ed, eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Proverbs 4, which Solomon also wrote, says something very similar. He says, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. So it's actually better to live in wisdom than in folly because the wise negotiate life better. But the, both the wise and the fool end up the same place end up dead. Now, he says that their eyes are in their head. That's kind of a figure of speech, an idiom uh, of, of knowing where you're going, seeing, like with your eyes, but then also seeing where you're going in the, in the sense of knowing where you're going. So the wise do no, negotiate life better. But as, as Solomon points out, there's the great equalizer, death. Every single one of us face death the wise, and the fool alike. But I want you to compare what Solomon has to say here about a life in pursuit under the sun, as he keeps saying, without God. This is apart from the purpose of God when he says, under the sun, on this earth. And, and he's talked about, he kind of is summarizing here what he's talked about with the pursuit of wealth and the pursuit of, of pleasure and the pursuit of wisdom and the pursuit of all these earthly things, death ends that pursuit. It stops when death comes. So 
He says in verse 15, what happens to the fool will happen to me also. Why then have I been so wise? And as I said in my heart that this is also vanity. But listen to what Paul says about this subject. In Philippians 1, he says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell yet. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that's better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. So you see the differing views of life from Solomon and what Solomon has to write here with Paul, what he writes to the Philippians. Solomon says that the pursuit of life, if you spend your life pursuing all this stuff, wealth, pleasure, uh, wisdom, getting to the top of the, uh, of the ladder, doing all these things, uh, achievement is what he called it, doing these things, all of that pursuit ends in death. When you die, it's all over. But what Paul has to say is that if you spend your life giving it away, first to Christ, then to others, then you have a life with meaning. So, so Paul gives us a life of meaning of, uh, that, is, that is tied up in knowing Christ and then knowing others who know Christ, bringing, bringing what Christ has given to you to someone else. That's the pursuit of life. And, and when Paul gives a, tells us to live as Christ and to die as gain, he's, he's actually saying then that this pursuit of life, pursuit of Christ, doesn't end in death. It's just the next step. That's the finish line. It's not the end of the pursuit. It's the finish line. It's the culmination of a life well lived. So you can see the differences between Sol what Solomon presents apart from God and what Paul presents with God. Paul says, so I hated life because what's done under the sun is grievous to me for all is vanity and striving after the wind. To which Paul answers in Philippians, whatever I gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. So you can see this vast difference between a, a, a life lived apart from God where the pursuit ends in death and how Paul presents life in Christ. Voltaire, a, a French humanist philosopher, said, I hate life, but I fear death. That's what, Paul, that's what Solomon's saying. There's nothing good about life because it ends in death. There was a, another philosopher who said, if there is a lie at the center of life and nothing at the end of it, who has the heart to make anything of it? You can see that Solomon's idea of life apart from God. What's the point? Apart from God, what's the point? Because it ends in death. This pursuit ends. So we... We have that idea from Solomon, and then look how Paul shows life. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. 
Life not only has meaning, death has meaning. Death has meaning because it's not the, the end of the pursuit. It is the finish line. It is the culmination of the pursuit. It's when everything becomes more clear. It's when the reward for, for a life lived in Christ happens. So life matters because death matters. Life has meaning because death has meaning. Your life has meaning because your death has meaning as a Christian. Maybe more accurately, I could say your life has meaning because his death has meaning. And his death has meaning for your life. You can see the difference between Solomon and Paul. You can see how, how different they choose this how different the, the paths are. Death is the great equalizer. The Christian, the New Ager, the Buddhist, the humanist, all of, all of us are going to die. I'm sorry if that's news to you. <laughs> if I'm breaking, some, uh, breaking news to you today, I apologize. But it's just truth. We are all going to die. But if you want to live a life of meaning, then you have to understand your death has meaning. You have to, you, only if you are ready to die, are you actually ready to live? Because your, when your death has meaning, your life has meaning. Because when we place, when, when we place our death in faith in Christ, then our life now has meaning. To live is Christ, to die is is gain. So, so we can see our choices here. Solomon says, all is vanity and striving after the wind. Paul says, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Solomon says, so I hated life because what is done under the sun was grievous to me for all is vanity and striving after the wind. And Paul says, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Death comes to all of us, but only those who are ready for death are actually ready to live. Only those who have, who have understood their death in Christ can understand their life in Christ. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. As a follower of Christ, our life has meaning because our death has meaning. Or again, more accurately, our life has meaning because his death has meaning. And because his death has meaning, our life has meaning. We have life in Christ. Not a life that, that, that we hate, as, as Solomon describes. Not a life that makes no sense. Not a life where the pursuit of everything we're trying to get ends when we die. That's, that's a life I would hate. But we have a life that is to live as Christ and to die as gain. When we are ready for death, we are ready to live. Are you ready to live? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and, and just consider that question. Are you ready to live? Can you say, for your life, to live is Christ and to die is gain.
and that you count everything in life a loss when compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus your Lord. You can know that kind of life today. You can be ready for death so that you're ready to really live this morning. It's a simple prayer. It's simply acknowledging to God that you have sin. God, I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've done things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died in my place on that cross. He died to pay my price. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my, come into my life and give me life. Give me life today, a life of meaning and purpose. Are you living the life of Christ today? Can you, can you put into your minds and in your hearts to live as Christ and to die as gain? Because that, that's a meaning of life. That's a meaning that lasts. Are you ready to live? Will you pray with me? Father, I, I thank you for your word. I, th I thank you that we can, we can look at how Solomon presents life apart from you and how simple it is that the pursuit of everything we want ends at death. But I also thank you for how Paul presents life in Christ. How death isn't the end. It's the next step. It's the doorway. It's the finish line for all that we pursue. Keep us mindful of this as we go through our day, as we go through our week, to live as Christ and to die as gain. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.